Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we are going through a record of sorts in our uh, collections listed on BGG. So uh, I don't know if, if you guys have... I'm sure many of you actually have your collections listed on BGG, but I'm not sure how many of you guys have looked at them, fawned over them, touched your screen lovingly. But there's a lot of cool things you can do with organization of these collections. And one of the things you can do is you can organize them by BGG rank. So what we are going to do today is a two-part series where we're going to go through our games in our collections that are the top 10 highest in the BGG ranks and kind of talk about our experiences with them, how we feel about the placement of that. Um, some of these games actually have been in those high rings for a long time, so we've had them in our collections for a while, so we can kind of get into the history of our game, of the, our plays with these games. So yeah, this is going to be kind of an examination of our current collections and how they might have changed with the ranking system of BGG. So um, I will start as well this one because several of my games, I have, a couple of these I've talked just ad nauseum about and so i probably briefly touch on and my 10 starts a little weird because it's a game that i have never gotten to the table once since i've owned it i've played this game before but then i rushed out and bought it and no one ever wants to play with me <laughs> and that is star wars imperial assault um and the reason i get it, it this is a commitment and the way i want to play this game is not like a one-off campaign i want to do like a D campaign style where it's like we meet a couple times a month and maybe we it was a total of like five to six sessions and we get through like a full story arc uh when i bought this game i envisioned um like a winter setting by a fire <laughs> my closest <laughs> friends around me they were all vested in their characters from the star wars canon and uh maybe even slightly dressed like them that's how committed they were to the place <laughs> and just like really into this. For some reason, I fooled myself into thinking my wife would be so excited about getting in on this with me. And um, just like, yeah, we, we would meet and uh, like this tradition of, you know, following the story arcs of the characters. Because the cool thing about this game is that it doesn't follow the um, the main characters of the Star Wars movie series. These are supplementary characters. Not supplementary characters. These are just other characters that are doing their own thing, living their own lives, fighting the Empire or being the Empire in this time period of the movies. And I was just excited about that. I was excited to explore these other storylines. And uh, it never happened. <laughs> it never, never happened. It sits behind me right now. I've painted a bunch of this. I've lovingly painted a bunch of this. I bought it used. And so I was even slightly like condescendingly um dismissive about the guy who i bought it before who just sort of did a slapdash paint job <laughs> and i was like this won't do for my new favorite game <laughs> i am gonna <laughs> i'm gonna use alcohol and clear off all the paint of these and re begin and i have <laughs> not very far in uh there's a i don't know like a third maybe a quarter of actually finishing them so i i get why he just did them quick to play the game <laughs> But um, I have played this game, and I did really love it. I actually have been eyeing it lately, just coincidentally, just because I really want to do something of a campaign with this. Uh, and I think my mistake was I bought this game um, right at the end of Star Wars Imperial Assault Fervor. And so everyone I knew had already played this <laughs> and played it to the point where they're like, I just really don't feel like playing that game. <laughs> and so... 
I was with my shiny, uh, well, used box, but new to me, was like just so excited to get my group together, and everyone was just kind of like, mm, nah, no thanks, man. I already went through a campaign, or, <laughs> or I, I played it once, it wasn't for me. And so I feel now enough time has passed, I could probably bank on nostalgia, if nothing else, for people to be like, yeah, yeah, I do a campaign. I have fond memories of that, I think. It's been so long. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that is my number 10, Star Wars Imperial Assault. Yeah, I think that was me with X-Wing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but just did, didn't happen. Um, okay, well, uh, my number 10, uh, actually, I have not played because I just got, and that is Dune Imperium, uh, which is number 29 on BGG. Uh, so I'm going to go with my next one instead, the one below that, which is technically my 11, but we're going to go with it at 10, um, and that's Puerto Rico that comes in at number 30. Mm. Uh, Puerto Rico is one of, I'd say, maybe the third modern board game that I'd ever played uh, after, uh, let's see, Ticket to Ride and Catan, which was everyone's first and second game. <laughs> uh and I I really loved Puerto Rico, uh, really really loved it. I uh, I did actually play. I I said third. Uh, I did actually play San Juan first, which led me to Puerto Rico. Um, and Puerto Rico was just like this super expanded San Juan, and it's just like all of a sudden there were these things in games that I didn't know they could do. And uh, nostalgia more than anything puts this at a personal eight. Um, even though BGG has it at about a 7.8. Um, so I'm, I'm right there in line with what BGG thinks. Uh, if you round up, we are, we are right there together. Um, I think Puerto Rico does, uh, does what it does very, very well. And I, I don't think that, uh, I think it holds up. I think that if you pull it out right now, somebody who's never played it and, uh, but plays board games, which is going to be weird to find. Um, but you find somebody and you, you play it, they won't be like, oh, this feels really old. I mean, it still holds up. Uh, and the art is every bit as good as all these other crappy Euro games that are out there. So, uh, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, Euro art is like has progressed a whole lot. It's all, right. you know, that, that very Stefan Feldish uh, artwork that just sort of, describes all euro games uh of this ilk but i think puerto rico stands out and uh that is my number 11 but for the purpose of this list that's my number 10 cool uh yeah i actually um a little foreshadowing uh i have not played puerto rico this is one of the classics that passed me by i've got a few of these i was just talking about one other one the other night oh yeah seven wonders i've never played the original seven wonders i have i know i know i have played uh uh duel and i really enjoyed it and uh i guess that's it but i have um Really never, for some reason, played Seven Wonders, and I've also never played Puerto Rico. But I was recently gifted this game, and I am excited to play it. <laughs> so, because I know we've talked about it before. And, um, uh, yeah, anyway, so this is another one that passed me by, but I'm excited to actually get it to the table now that I have it. Yes, here's a tip. Don't play Puerto Rico with people who have played a lot of Puerto Rico. 
because this is one of those games where people have have gotten like super weirdly efficient at because it's so old, right? Uh, and for a long long time was uh, in in a very small group of popular Euro games, so there there was only like a, a much smaller subset to play, and. Uh, people just played the shit out of this game and they are really, really good. Like you will lose if, if somebody's like, yeah, I love Puerto Rico. I have six copies of it. Don't play with them. Like just run. <laughs> just just don't, don't even try because you're not going to have a good time. You're going to come in dead last. They're going to laugh at you the whole time. Right. And it's not going to be any fun. I wonder if that's why he gave me the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I I have heard that I've heard that there is a very like it is a very I, I'm very curious about Puerto Rico now because like I know it it is lauded as this very like um, impressive and people that when this came out it was like this huge it made a splash you know Puerto Rico made a splash when it came out and it was a big um, a big example of like really amazing game design at the time but I've also heard that that it's kind of rigid or it can feel rigid in a way so I'm I'm excited to play it now to feel like how will I feel about it um, basically 19 years after it came out playing it today for the first time? Will I like it or will I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm very curious jumping into it now, fresh. I think you'll like it. It was the very first uh, game that I am aware of that had role selection where mm. you choose, okay, I'm the governor this turn, or I'm the trader, or I'm the merchant, or what have you. Um, and then you do, like, something plus a bonus action, and then everyone gets to follow you. That was that, that first, that role selection uh, me- mechanism that's been used quite a bit now. This was the original game that did it. Mm, and okay. uh, and it still does it really well. Really well. So I I think you would like it. Nice. Well, that is actually my number nine. <laughs> so we kind of got that one off the list. Um, and uh, let's see. What have I done? Count there. One, two, three, eight, nine. Yes. Yep. That is my number nine. So there we go. <laughs> okay. Puerto Rico's done. Okay. Well, then uh, I will go up now since that was your number nine. I'm going to go with my number nine, which... Uh, I think is horrifically, horrifically underrated at number 25 on Board Game Geek. And number one in my heart, it is my only 10 on this list. It's the only one I have personally rated a 10, and it is my favorite game of all time, and that is Orléans. Oh, nice. Uh, Board Board Game Geek weirdly ranks it at 7.887, which is about Hmm. two points lower than I think it should be, but you know, eh, potato, potato. Um, there's a lot of people who don't know good games uh, that that <laughs> rate these things, so I can't uh, can't hold that against them. Um, and you know, weirdly, this is a side note, but uh, Donnie, and I know you're listening, Donnie, um, had this had Orleans ranked as a five. What, Donnie? Yeah. Yeah, like we we had words about it. He's gonna go back and visit it and and reexamine his his stance. It's a very old stance, right? It's a very old stance. But uh, but I I I fully expect that he will he will understand at some point the glory that is Orleans. 
Um, and that uh, that is my number nine. Yeah, Orleone is pretty solid. It's it's another great game with um, different mechanisms and different areas of the board. So there's all these little mini games that you've got to play that, co- that coalesce into one broad strategy. You can't focus on one thing or another. And it does it really well. I, I love this game. One of the early bag drawing games as well, which is cool. Uh, it still stands up. I have played this game with my wife. She likes this game. So, yeah, Orleone is... Great. I, I totally understand yeah, why it's be, one of your guys' uh, favorites. Kirsten, if not her favorite, certainly in her top couple. Um, we have played this so many times I, I can't even count. Um, and, and it plays so well at two players, three players, four players, even five players, if you have a five-player expansion, which I do. Um, but, but yeah, even at two players. We have played it two-player probably 20 times, and uh, it's just... It plays just as well at, at every player count. Um, it doesn't fall short. It scales so, so well. So even if it's just you and one other person on a deserted island forever, you should take this game with you. All right. Well, my number eight is another game I've kind of gone on <laughs> ad nauseum before, so I'll make this brief, and that is Arkham Horror LCG, the living card game. Um, Arkham Horror LCG is just an astounding game. Uh, one of my favorites. I haven't actually jumped in and um, played it recently, but this game to me is a seasonal game. It's a game that I kind of, in this time of year, in the fall, as the leaves start falling and Halloween's approaching and things are getting darker, and there's just something that strikes me, and I just want to get this game to the table. There's something about being in this time period of the year and sitting at the table just immersed in the world of Arkham Horror that, oh man, it, it pushes some buttons for sure. <laughs> it's it's great. So this is a game that I don't get to the table a lot throughout much of the year. Every once in a while I'll pull it out and play, uh, try to play um, Scenario or something like that. But for the most part, I play this uh, seasonally. I play this this time of year, and I usually try to rope my wife into <laughs> playing it with me. And she's a good sport, so she's up for it. But yeah, I like Arkham Horror LCG a lot. It is an astoundingly good game. But uh, but my my play is um, is interesting. Yeah, it's very timed. Do you think it's the twenty third best game ever? Ooh, mm. um, yeah. Okay, that's a tough. I'm gonna wait to talk <laughs> about it one. because spoiler alert: I also own this game. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> but it is not my number eight. A bit so. of crossover on this list. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna say yes. I, I'm gonna say yes. I, I, am, I am very biased towards this game, but I just think it does what it does very, very well. And yeah, it's not a game, at least for me, that I grab off all the time. But when I play it, oh man, I am into this game. It is all-consuming um, for me for this type of year. So it's very, very popular. yes. Yeah, even. I mean, there's also, there's something about kind of the brutality of the game, too. It's tough. It can be really tough, and you have to adjust the gloom bag, or, as uh, some people will do, we'll just draw another card. Yeah, Ke- Kevin <laughs> and I always make fun of you because because we're like, oh, I'm going to draw again. <laughs> and Kaz is, Kaz is like, no, I, I, I'm dead. 
I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going <laughs> to no. die. And I'm like, but if you if you draw again, like we can keep playing. Like we can have even more fun cuz like, nope, I'm dead. That's it. It's over. Yeah, nope. No. Nope. Yep, that's that's <laughs> that's what the chaos pack said. I've got to be the chaos pack. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about that just really throws me the wrong way. It takes me out of the game when just to redraw, just be like, that didn't happen. Uh, adjust. You can adjust the chaos bag to be harder or easier. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's the way to do it. Right now I've got my chaos bag perfectly matched for difficulty and allowing time to really explore the story. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it bugs me so much to redraw a card of this game, but it really gets me. All right. So my number eight is... Uh number 24 on BGG, and it is Viticulture, the Essential Edition. So this was uh, the second edition uh, that actually, that included the Grande Worker, which really helped solve some some issues from the, the first game. Uh, I only play this with the Tuscany expansion uh, because, well, because it feels like it's just part of the game. Uh, it's that integral. Um, I would never play without it. Um, I, I like viticulture. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just maybe upset a lot of people here and I'm gonna say I am not the world's largest, um, Stonemaier Games fanboy. I love Jamie Stegmeier. I, I watch all his videos. I love his blog. He's fantastic. I have tons of respect for him. Um, there's only a couple of his games that I really thoroughly enjoy and even those I would probably wouldn't put in my top, like, 25. Like, I like Viticulture a lot. Uh, I probably wouldn't put it in my personal top 25 of all time. Um, I, I give it an 8 because I think it's the best Stonemeyer game there is. Um, and then uh, BGG gives us 7.902. So I think that we're, we're all... I, I think it's it's deserving of its spot uh be a be a little lower for me personally on my list and compared to when compared to other games uh that i own but uh, i really like the worker placement aspect of it i like the um the seasonal aspect of it um i i think it uh it's it's really neat to follow your wine making through the whole entire process and uh it was a very, very well-designed game. Uh, for some reason, it just doesn't... Uh, it doesn't ch- jump at me the way that some other worker placement games have. And I don't know if it's the theme. I don't know if, like, competitive winemaking just isn't... You know, doesn't ignite my soul or, or what it is, but... Um, but it's uh, the theme is okay. The theme's fine. Um, but I, I think it captures the theme very well. So if you're really into winemaking, like this, I can't think of a better game. Uh, even though there's weirdly several other winemaking games too. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so that's that's Viticulture, uh, number twenty four on BGG, number eight in uh, in my collection. All right. Uh, let's see. Where am I? Uh, all right. My number seven is a game. Another another game that I've talked a lot about, and that is Concordia. And uh, but I haven't talked a lot about it recently. So <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Concordia is just another one that I feel 
It's number 18 on BGG. And, you know, when we get to these higher numbers, it's hard to say because a lot of these games have been there for a long time. And, you know, the this game came out in 2013. I, I don't think I've played Concordia this year. I used to play it a lot last year. And so... I feel like I'm definitely due for a play. For it's just been kind of like eclipsed by other other games. My wife and I used to two play this a lot, and it was it's one of our favorite games of all time. And I really love Concordia, so I definitely think it agrees. It is pretty close to the spot where I would rank it myself in the BGG list. Um, but I'm excited to play it this year again to see if it is starting to feel its age. I, I've never felt that before, like it, it's kind of feeling outdated. But I've played games recently and of course i can't think of anything exactly off the top of my head but i remember having this experience where over the last like year or two where i played games and it just felt like concordia-esque like it's like oh that's something that kind of reminds me of concordia or oh i feel like this is a mechanism that is either pulled from cardio or concordia adjacent and so um i definitely feel it's a game that still influences other games for sure um but uh yeah I still love Concordia. I'm excited to get it to the table again uh, in, in, well, before the year's end, I guess, <laughs> but uh, soon to try it out again and see if I still have the same passion for it as I did before. I'm sure I will. I really like this game. I can't imagine I would be suddenly turning a corner, but. Yes. And that is base Concordia even. That is not Concordia Salsa or Concordia Venus or, uh, no, I think they have other another one, but uh, that is just the standard vanilla. Well, you you do very much love concordia i can't imagine a scenario where you're like concordia sucks so uh, (laughs) so yes i've played it i've only played it once and that was with you and i'm not a hundred percent sure we even finished it um yeah was was that the one that just we went to yeah it was towards the end of the night and we didn't have enough time um and so i got a taste for it and so I was very intrigued yeah. by it, uh, but my intrigo meter has gone down <laughs> over the last year or two of not being exposed to it. So um, I would sure. I would legit have to start over from like ground zero to uh, to really give that one a fair chance. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler not on that my list. It's definitely one. <laughs> that is definitely one too where. Like it, it is end game scoring is the primary scoring structure, and so not being able to finish is I'm sure uh, colors your impression as well. But, uh, but yes, fair enough. I completely understand that. Yeah, I do remember that now that you mentioned. It. I I do remember the fact that we like ran out of time for game night, and this is definitely not a short game, right? <laughs> Especially with more than like two people. Yeah, and I think we had like four or five. Does it play five? Uh, I think it's just four, four. Okay. but that is a long game. I remember. Uh, no, it does play five. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. it does. Then play it was five. either four or five. Uh, I remember. I remember that the uh, when I got this game, I had bring, bringing it to game night, and I was playing another game. But people were looking for like a game to play, and I was like, "Oh, you guys should try Concordia. It's so good." And I, I, I can't. I think it was like I can't remember who it was, but um, they were all playing Concordia, and I think they were playing four as well. And I had only played it two player up to that point, and I realize starting this game was basically all game night at a four or maybe they might even be able to play five 
it is a long game at full player complement. Um, I think that's great. I think it's a great game to sit in and enjoy and try to navigate that system. So I don't think there's anything bad with that. But I did not I was not aware of that, especially since none of them had played it before. So I was like vicariously teaching or peripherally teaching and playing another game as they were trying to navigate through this game. And it took all game night. And I think they liked it. They said they did. I couldn't tell if they were being polite to me that I maybe like trapped them in this game. Yeah, I remember <laughs> or... that that night. I remember thinking, man, that that's a really long game. Uh the only <laughs> game I can ever recall feeling longer than than that one was Machi Koro. <laughs> Remember oh, that God. one time yeah, missed... where they're playing this like yeah, 40 I... minute game and it was like <laughs> took like 3 hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, what well, guys? You got? You like, know, what do you? What do you? There's, move on to guys. It's the same game. There's no way you're still. There's no way you're playing this right. There's just no way. To this, yeah. To this day, I don't know what happened there. Like, what? What were they doing in the Machi Koro to make Machi Koro three hour this game. epic legacy game? I don't know because that's not a thing. That's it sounds like torture. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine playing Space Base for three hours? <laughs> no. which is kind of i mean sort of the same space space is just like it's machi koro but good and <laughs> yes. and and i like space yeah. space i love space space and i couldn't play that for three hours i'd go insane well and i think <laughs> i think too like there's that that commitment like we'll, we'll we're almost done we'll get through this guys we'll get through this but i feel like at a certain point you gotta, you gotta be like should we just stop should we just stop this insanity or somebody look at the rule book like, somebody look at the rule book and saying look right. we're obviously doing something wrong here <laughs> right the, it says 45, it says 45 minutes on this box right. <laughs> it is hour three <laughs> there's no way this is real yeah okay <laughs> <sighs> oh yeah but concordia i, I still think it, it i think it deserves its spot i uh, at least for me i still think this game is up there for sure well i can give you an update when i play it soon but yes i think 18 is not a bad spot for this game okay well my next game which is my number seven um is yep. number 23 on board game geek and surprise it's arkham horror the card game hey, hey! <laughs> so that's why i was really quiet um I, I really, really like this game. This actually is, uh, I kind of owe my addiction to um, the Lord of the Rings card game to Arkham Horror because mm-hmm. uh, Arkham Horror, the card game, really kind of gave, it was the first one to give me a glimpse into that whole like living card game sort of like story-based um scenario driven kind of card game and I'd never seen anything like it before and to be honest if I had no concept of it uh, I probably would not have uh, been intrigued or been able to get into the Lord of the Rings card game so uh, this was Mm -hmm. a really good stepping stone and and don't be wrong they're very different I think that uh, Lord of the Rings is probably closer to like um, Marvel Champions than, uh, than Arkham Horror but um, but Arkham Horror is, uh, did things that I'd never seen before. And sure. it is, it has to be the most immersive experience outside of just a pure role-playing game that you could pot, that, that I've ever seen. Um, just from flavor text and the card art and just the, um, yeah. the, the way that the storylines unfold even with bad luck, you still it it still 
weaves this really, really intricate storyline and just it just exudes theme. It's just dripping with it. You could almost have as much fun just sitting there, you know, reading all the cards. Uh, it's it's that engrossing. And, uh, and and you're dead on about the uh, the whole, like, this time of year. And, yeah, when it starts to get dark early and, you know, it's just like, ugh, it's only 7 o'clock and it's pitch dark outside and it's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of chilly. And I've got my, my sweatshirt and some sweatpants on in bed. And this is, uh, yeah, that's that kind of spooky season. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's really, really neat. Um, yeah, I just want to play it. Yeah, so bad. Yeah, right, right. So, um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy Arkham Horror the card game. Uh, I've not played it nearly as much as you or Kevin. Um, or, yeah, nobody's played it as much as Kevin. But, um, yes, but I've yeah. not played it as much as you have. But, uh, but I, I do really, really enjoy it. Um, and and I think I might uh, before this year is over, I might uh, dig back into that. Yeah, it is great that it's still being released. I think we were talking about this too about um, LOTR that they are su- still supporting that game. Yes, and uh, uh, Arkham Horror is still um, releasing its stuff, and so you can st- get pretty good deals because it's like it's one of those games where there's still a lot of used sales for people like either growing out of the game or they've just got too much of the game at this point and sell previous um, parts of the game off. Or you, you know, anyway, it's a game that you can get into pretty pretty cost effectively. Uh, even today, which is nice. Yes, agreed, hundred percent. All right, so my number uh, six is. Let's see, my kind of one. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, uh, my number six is Terra Mystica, and this is a game that I also have not played in a bit, but I really, really like this game. It is number 17 on BGG's rankings. And this is a game that came out in 2012. Excuse me. Um, This one kind of, I feel like this sort of predates my jumping back whole hog into board games when it came out. But when I did really start getting back in like, you know, five ish years ago um, in earnest, um, this was still like a game that was on people's minds. Like there was still, this was still like referenced or being played uh, quite a bit. It's a heavy game. It's, I think it's like rated at right under, yeah, it's right under like 4.0 in complexity on BGG. Yeah, it's very complex. And yeah, it's a dense game and it is also asymmetrical. So I think it is one of a kind of an earlier, early-ish example of asymmetry being used very effectively in board games. Um, but there's something about the density that I think is still accessible. There, there is. It, it makes sense. There's, a, there's a little. It is a dense game. Don't get me wrong. It is not, not a game where you can just jump in and whip it on the table and everyone's on board immediately. It takes a lot of clarifying of like, how does this work? It's definitely a game where you want to come in and kind of have a sense of the rules before you start playing, before it gets explained first time. But once you do, it's just such a clever design and it works really really well every faction that you take has their own ability that doesn't make them overpowered it really makes them just have a fun new way to approach the game which is great which is exactly what you want for this game and it's got a lot of replayability um there's a great app for this game you can play digitally and you can actually purchase the game over steam directly and play this uh which i've done with friends 
And uh, yeah, I haven't played this game in a long time, but seeing it on the list makes me want to jump into Terra Mystica again. The because of the weight though, this is definitely a game where it's just like um, I play it once and then I'm kind of I'm done for a while. Like I really really like this game, but it is harder to get it to the table because of its density. But that's okay because I am happy that I own it because I get to play it every once in a while. And when I do, I'm really satisfied. I like to I'll try a different character, try something new. But then I'm just okay letting it sit for a while. Uh, but I still think it is a solid, great game that uh, does deserve to be where it is. But um, I don't know. I'm not sure if it deserves to be exactly at 17. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hard. I have a hard time rationalizing these rankings as we get higher up um, for placement specifically. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I I really like Terra Mystica a lot. Uh, it is a a an experience game it's uh it's an every once in a while game and it is more satisfying more fulfilling when you play with people who have played it before um right it for sure it can very much have almost like a meta game within uh similar to puerto rico where the people that are good at Terra Mystica are really good at it. You're not going to beat them. Right. Uh, it's like it's right. like chess. You're never going to beat, you know, a grandmaster uh, unless you, you know, train and become one. Um, you're just you're just not unless he like falls asleep or you know just isn't paying attention or whatever. Um, so so there is kind of almost a barrier to entry there. Uh, which which is fine with a game that complex. You're not going to be pulling that out, you know, to play with, you know, grandma and whoever. Um, although I'm not to say that there are not kick-ass gamer grandmas out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, have you played uh, the reskin, the Gaia Project? I have not. So that is actually higher on yes, BGG's list of games. It is number seven. So it jumps a full... Seven, oh no, what is it? Uh, Terminus goes 17. Yeah, so a full 10 spots up. Um, I have not. I've really wanted to. I've heard that it is a great game. It streamlines it a bit. It is still a heavy game for sure. It's actually heavier than uh, Terramistica. I think, yeah, it's 4.36. <laughs> but I've heard amazing things, and I would love to, love to try this game. Someone brought it once to game night, yeah. and I was like, <gasps> Guy project, and then, and then they I never, never came, saw that person they, again. They never came back. Yeah, I, I remember that too because yeah. he had so much fun too. He's like, "I'm make sure you come back." He's like, "Yeah, I'll be back," and I literally never came yeah. back. Um, yeah, I think I hope he didn't die yeah, or like. Right? <laughs> yeah, he definitely was like someone. You're like, "Oh, this guy will be back," yeah. <laughs> never again. And sometimes you're like, "Please come back," and you're thinking, "Please don't come back." And then like, yeah, <laughs> but like the one time I'm like, "Please come back," and he doesn't. I just feel like let down, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh. He's like, I'll skip it. Yeah. Aww. Bummer. What what was wrong with us? But uh but yeah, I, I I know exactly the guy. Um and it's uh I the the theme intrigues me a lot more. Uh I am more into space games than like fantasy settings really. Um Yeah, I would say I'm too. So and, and just the the fact that it's uh it could be more streamlined because Terramistica's a lot of things, but uh and and it is it is fairly smooth in its gameplay but it can be a little fiddly and it can certainly be uh not very streamlined at times so i i think i i'd yeah. be really curious to see 
kind of what they did with that. So that's that's on my list, but I'd have trouble getting that to the table in my current circumstances. So uh, it's not super high on my list of things to get. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's see. What is your number six? My number six is uh, number 16 on Board Game Geek, and it is Seven Wonders Duel, Uh which was previously mentioned by you. Even though it wasn't on your list, you just happened to talk about it. Um, But I uh, I actually prefer Seven Wonders Duel to Seven Wonders. Uh, I'm one of the few board game guys i think that i know that i don't love seven wonders uh it's fine if somebody really wanted to play it i would play it i would never ask someone to play it i would never suggest it um i don't know what it is exactly um because i don't inherently have any know of any flaws in it or anything i would change it just doesn't grab me i guess but uh but seven wonders duel gives kind of the the experience that i think seven wonders is trying to give but in a, a, a on a smaller scale and much much quicker and so there's less setup there's less breakdown there's just you know bam 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 make your little uh pyramid thing and you just start drafting cards and before you know it it's over kirsten and i have sat down and played this uh sometimes three or four times in a row, right one after the other after the other, uh, and really enjoyed it. I'm not sure I've ever played Seven Wonders Duel just once. Hmm. So it's, uh, it definitely has that going for it. It's, uh, it's an excellent two-player game. Um, I think this is too high, personally. I have it ranked personally as a 7. Um, BGG has it as a 7.982 which I think is uh, is a little high, basically an eight. Uh, I would put this probably in my top ten two-player games, but maybe outside of my top 40 or 50 actual games. So it's still a good right. game. I, I like it. Uh, if I had to take 100 games out of my collection tomorrow, this would not be one of them. Uh, but it's, uh, that is my, I I think, I think this is too high. I think 16, like of all time, I think is, is way too high for this. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I really like seven wonders duel, but I would, I would agree with that too. I mean, there's something, I don't know. There's something about, I I don't know. Maybe I've been playing a lot of Civ games lately, like shorter Civ games that are kind of this style. So I don't know if it's just kind of feel like it's not like as special as it was maybe when it came out. But um, I I would agree with that though. I do feel that's a little high for this game. Seven Wonders of all time. Yeah, Seven Wonders (laughs) Duel does for Seven Wonders what I feel like Istanbul the Dice Game does for Istanbul. Um, sure. I would way rather play Istanbul the Dice Game than Istanbul. I'd rather play Seven Wonders Duel than Seven Wonders. Um, I feel like this gives the feeling of the full game in a third of the time. Right. And in my old age, I like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Efficiencies are definitely important when you're playing a big, especially big games or uh, their smaller counterparts. You know, they're more efficient counterparts where you get rid of a lot of the fluff and you get down to the core fun stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, and not everything does that. Uh, another game I think that actually does that really nicely for me, not for everybody, but for me, is um, Castles of Burgundy, uh, the card game. Because mm-hmm. I have the card game. Yeah. I think you have the the regular game and the, original, and yeah. the, uh, the roll and write. Yes. But I, I have the card game, and I feel like, even though it's gigantic, um, I feel like the card game really sort of, gives me the same feeling that playing the full game does and uh huh i i i don't know i uh i hate to say it but i i kind of almost prefer the card game you know i've heard that before i've heard people say that like um that yeah it's it's kind of the same game but in cards but they did make a few adjustments and those adjustments seem to make a big difference yeah so that's interesting. Okay, not that that has anything to do with Seven Wonders Tool, but uh, yeah, that no. that's uh, anyway. That that was my number six, and you've done your number six already. I have, yes. Okay, mine was Terra Mystica, right below it, number seventeen. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's so funny. Actually, that is a very funny duality for, between those teams. Terra Mystica seventeen, Seven Wonders Duel sixteen. <laughs> like, Seven Wonders huh. Duel is is. Functionally a better game than Terra Mystica. No. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Don't know how this as works. As we go up the list, as we actually go up the list, it's fascinating to see, like, Seven Wonders Duel is by far the lightest game in the top 16. Like, it, oh, yeah. the, top, the rest of these games are very much complex designs or deeper deeper games than just a quick duel game. So it's kind of funny that it's so freaking yeah. high. I, I think the top... 200 or so uh certainly the top 100 but i think the top 200 or so are um overwhelmingly more complex games and i think that just stems from the the people who get on board game geek and rank games i mean these aren't poker players these are terramistica players these are scythe players these are gloomhaven guys these are old school puerto rico guys that's that's who's on here uh so i mean obviously yeah. consider the source too yeah for sure yeah it's uh it is interesting too how you look at like the numbers of how many votes um some of these games get like the the difference in you know some can have better marketing campaigns than others and so there's get more <laughs> fanfare or just more people <laughs> getting excited about it um I wonder, we talked about this a while ago. Do you remember how, like, the quantity of votes affects, I mean, it's got to be a benefit, but there's definitely, like, games, like, in the top four games on BGG, the top two are in the mid-40,000 in votes. The third one's 23,000, but then the fourth one's 70,000. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean the more votes you have, the higher you're going to rank, but there is some aspect no, of that. No, they, what they do, there's a formula, and... Uh... I, I used to know this by heart, but it's uh, there's a formula that like gets rid of based on how many um, it, it like gets rid of like some top and bottom votes, and it also um, makes uh, the more votes you have, the more your votes count. Mm, so okay. so like if you've got twenty tens, but another game has like. Uh, Five thousand sixes, uh, they're going to be sure. comparable um, in in ranking. In fact, the the five thousand sixes is probably going to be ranked higher than the one that has twenty tens, 
just because yeah, uh, you have okay. to be over a certain amount for your votes to actually start uh, counting towards the overall. There's a big algorithm. Um, I think there's a thread in the, on one of the forums that really breaks it down. But uh, it's, it's really neat. If you're like a math guy, That's uh, it's, it's very cool the way that they do it because it does prevent like a brand new game from getting 100 people to give it a 10 and then rockets it up to number one. Because uh, that's not going to overtake, you know, like a Gloomhaven with like 75,000 votes or whatever. Right. Or however many it has. Yeah. Yeah, it's only got mid-40s. Huh. It's it's the, yeah, it's like 45, 8, 45,000, almost 46. But they're all high. But, <laughs> but they're all high, yes. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that, that helps. So... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think not a bad. There are some odd ones like uh, Seven Wonders Duel, but I will say not a bad ranking structure. There's a lot of games. There's not a lot of games that are like in the last year or two in the top 20 that I'm seeing. I mean, there's uh, Jaws of the Lion for sure got up there. Um but there's also not a, game, a lot of games that are like 2001. You know that was a classic, and they'll never get better than this. Um, so there's there, it's a mix. It's a pretty good mix. So I have to say I'm, the ranking system does seem to be pretty decent, at least from my purview. Yeah, it doesn't prohibit new games. Like you got Dune Imperium from last year up at 29, um, and so that then that's only a year old. So so but it's it's gotten up there. Uh, on its own, but then you have a game right below it at thirty, Puerto Rico. It's been out since two thousand two, so right. so you've got good representation. Uh, it's it's the classics hang on, but it's not impossible for newer games to break in. So it's uh, it's it's very cool the way that they do it because they both of those could have been problems. It could have just become a a ranking of the new. Or it could have just become like an all-time, okay, we get it. Kalis was a good game. Uh, you know, right, it's right. number one forever or whatever. Puerto Rico is number one <laughs> for like five years or some something like that. Um, right. But, yeah, we're not just seeing, you know, Puerto Rico, Catan, and uh, Kalis and, and that kind of stuff all sitting in the top five. Uh, so I think they did a really, really good job with uh, – with however their algorithm works yeah it is funny to see those outliers too like <laughs> i'm just looking at the top 100 so what right right now top 100 or the, the 100 game is roll for the galaxy and that is a great game uh 97 is the isle of cats <laughs> which is like which is like i'm like huh but also makes me think i gotta play the isle of cats right like, like this game it's gotta be amazing <laughs> so yeah that's great to see that though quirky little games like like that or uh, <laughs> the pop of the list that yeah and uh, i have solid design. i have uh all, all my games broken down into like how many i have in each tier and uh i have like 41 games in the uh between 100 and 200 range like that's like my sweet spot where i own the most games Right. Uh, that's the that's the <laughs> tier that I have almost half the games in that tier. Um, none of huh. none of the rest of them. Even I think the next closest one's like twenty eight. I think that's one through a hundred. Uh, but most of them. Uh, but yeah, that's for some reason between one hundred and two hundred. That's like my sweet spot. That's where like 
a ton of my games are. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm just looking at my mine is kind of all over the board. All right. That's interesting. Well, well, yeah, was yeah, we could we could do this all <laughs> night. Traveling <so>. on. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Yeah, time to end this. We're just kind of wandering off into the myths yes. here. Next, <laughs> so, next uh, week will be our uh, five through one. So you'll get to uh, yes. get to see what we think of what BGG thinks of our top five ranked games. Yes, and do we own Gloomhaven? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's still the number one reigning king. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, you can get a hold of us a couple different ways to uh, let us know what you think about our lists or where your lists rank. And that is, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games One. You can also go to our uh, email address, uh, Roasted Games Co. at Gmail. I don't think I have brought that one up for a while. No. You can go to Facebook. Find Roasted Games, of course. We are the Flaming Die uh, in our logo. And uh, always at our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com. Scroll down to the Roasted Games page and fill out our comment form there. And we would love to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts on your lists, how how your lists may have changed. And, uh, yeah, kind of the ranking system in general. It's sort of interesting to see how it changes over the years and what doesn't change, honestly, like what stays up there. And I was kind of surprised, actually, that a couple of these are still – high really high in placement so it is kind of hard to dethrone some of these but i would say for the most part like we said a lot most of these deserve their spots so good job bgg with ranking yeah puerto rico Uh, surprised me for sure (laughs) yeah i mean that has been clinging to the top well 30 right now top you know 30 for years and years and years astoundingly that it's still up there so all right uh but yeah thank you guys for listening so much and we're going to catch you all on the next episode bye